Hello, welcome to Silly Point. We've all been discharged from hospital. We're well hydrated and ready to go. I'm Brendan Cummins and I'm joined once again by Michael Bate. G'day, Brendan. How are you doing? Um, I'm well. And Reese Meekins, how are you going? Uh, I'm, I'm well hydrated, thanks, Brendan. <laughs> yeah, I, I know you're well, <laughs> you are well, well, well hydrated. hydrated mate. So, yeah, we certainly, Reese has taken on the, you know, he's uh, celebrating the win pretty pretty hard he's got a bit thing. thirsty got a bit thirsty so didn't you thirsty. lad can i can How i many... just say brendan that i'm really upset at the england selectors because Boy. coming into this scg test there are a lot of question marks over this england lineup and as there has been all series we've talked about on this podcast and in the probably lesser known cricket media <laughs> about yeah the strength of the bowling attack do you bring in someone like Mark Wood? Uh, I think Mike here has been pushing hard for Crane to be selected for this test. But all I can say is England really, really missed the mark in not selecting Duckett for the SCG test. Because on a 57-degree <laughs> day in the middle of the SCG, he would have kept everyone <laughs> wet. <laughs> That was, that, was, like, that was a long road <laughs> to walk yeah. while we got there eventually. <laughs> Joe Root was hospitalised, hospitalised, all because Ben Duckett wasn't there to keep him wet. Even, he didn't even need to be selected in the side. He could have just been 12 men. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He, he could have been, been carrying the drinks. Was, well, you wouldn't trust him to carry the drinks, surely. Oh, like. Spill them everywhere. <laughs> all, all over Jimmy. <laughs> Oh God, that yeah. took away. Good job, Brad. That <laughs> no, was terrible. But where was seriously? Where was the pickle juice? Where was the pickle juice two days ago when England really needed it? Matty Wade over on the subcontinent, swilling pickle juice like it was going out of fashion. <laughs> How have England not got across this? They're, I mean, they're a test playing nation. They are arguably the test playing nation. How have they not got across that? Are they so far behind the rest of the world now that? We got to bring up to speed with pickle juice. I guess so. What's I mean, this pickle juice thing. This is like a, an endurance secret. Oh, is it ever? I mean, if if it makes Matthew <laughs> Wade that well, then it's got to be good, right? I guess so. <laughs> well, there's a couple of conflicting little uh, little arguments. Does Matthew Wade play good? And if he does, is it the pickle juice? <laughs> Yeah, it's a good point. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe best to keep it away. I think it's in... So we've had... We're recording this on the Monday night, so the test is all wrapped up. Um, relatively fresh in our minds. Um, big story of the day really being Joe Root's dehydration and cause of dehydration and earlier in the day being... Um, speculated on that it was because it was a hot day yesterday, but coming out that he had gastro Actually, yeah he had a viral gastroenteritis and it yeah. wasn't it wasn't because he'd been in the field in 57 degree heat for probably for six or seven day. days i think while, <laughs> while the marsh brothers just piled it on <laughs> so is it i mean it's interesting to think about because you think of all most other test playing nations Australia, South Africa, India, Pakistan, West Indies. I don't, don't, I'm not fully across what the weather in West Indies is like. I think it's probably a little bit milder than a you know, scorching Perth summer's day, but probably very humid. 
is it a disadvantage for a team like England that where a summer's day is 18 and a half degrees and, <laughs> and raining? Is it a disadvantage for them coming basic, well, playing cricket basically everywhere else? I think it must be, yeah, you know, because you're, you're not used to playing in, in that sort of heat. And that is, that it was the hottest day on record in Sydney, that the day that they were in the field when the Marsh Brothers were scoring all those runs, I, I believe. Is that yeah, I, I can't back that up, but I think, you know, the, the forecast temperature from the Bureau was, I think, 42, but they're talking 57 degrees in the middle of the SCG at the wicket. So, obviously, I don't know how they measure that. I so, assume. they measure... They, when, when, when you go, oh, it's going to be this temperature, they measure it a metre off grass in the shade. So, that 40 degrees is in a... That, that they is, they is, have it compared everywhere. Uh, that okay. is here literally 40 degrees in the shade. Yeah. So, so it's 57 so. On, a, on a hard wicket, it's 40 in the shade. I mean, it's, it's probably lucky for England that that was we had a very mild summer for for mm -hmm. all the tests it was probably like Brisbane was quite cool I think it was like 28 yeah. low 30s very mild in Perth very mild yeah, in Perth rained in playing Perth. playing it was cold in Adelaide which yep. is also one of the places that can be really hot Melbourne we had rain and cool so mm. if we think about <laughs> the fact that they had they had we had English-ish conditions not not like overcast, but coolish. Can, can you imagine how bad it would have been for England if it had been thirty five plus for the whole mm. the whole mm. series? And it, it's it's in, it, it. We can think about it now because we know how poorly England have done and how long they had to spend in the field. And you know, it could have been a lot worse for them, really. Um, and it was. It's funny that it's come to the last day where the heat. Had, it potentially paid a, played a factor in the day before, where it could have played a factor in the whole Test match, which, which would have made, which would have added an, another level of interest. Yeah, I think you. I, I had a, so so many little bits prepared to just rag on Joe Root because he was dehydrated, <laughs> and I can't do that anymore because he had gastro and retired hurt twice. He was so gutsy to come out. With, an, with a stomach illness and play on nonetheless and apparently was so exhausted that he was asleep during the presentations. But if you have a look at yesterday's play, you know, we, we've been a bit hard on someone like Jimmy Anderson throughout this podcast because we hate Jimmy Anderson. But <laughs> he was bowling at 140 k's an hour as I mean, what was he like 40 or 50 years old? And, <laughs> and Stuart Broad just kind of trundles in and over later at 120 clicks. Um, I just obviously this whole series and the conditions have taken their toll on some of those English players. So interestingly, I heard on ABC that Jimmy Anderson has bowled the, the highest number of overs he's ever bowled in a series. Mm. Wow. In this series, wow, and that—that's so impressive. And they, he yeah. didn't, sorry, he didn't have to bowl a whole innings. But there was a whole innings missing. Two, two whole innings. Two whole innings. Yeah, two, two whole, whole innings. innings. And yeah. a um, and an innings where basically 
Australia were batting out for a draw, so you, you may as well have not bowled him properly. Mm-hmm. And, um, and an innings up at the Gabba where it was virtually a fait accompli. So, so it, it, I don't know. It, I can't do that maths in my head. That's He yeah. hasn't bowled two innings. One innings was a draw and the other innings was, you know, like what, a, we, a we very chasing? short chase, yeah, yeah. yeah, 100 and something. So yeah. he's basically bowled one innings and it was more overs than he's ever had to bowl. <laughs> He did. Um, he did stand up though. Like he, he was basically. I mean, there was a, a few question marks about whether England were really attacking enough. Mm. But breaking, I had a look at. I did some stats. I did a. Uh, I did a. I did a Brandon, Brandon, yeah. I think I'm the stats. Guy. Yeah, you're the stats guy. Sorry, I don't want to tread on your feet too much. But he he was the only bowler to average under thirty for England for England over the wow. whole series and. Beyond him, it really gets ugly very quickly. The, mm-hmm. the next best average is Joe Root. Yeah, wow. that's so pretty It damning. gets ugly very quickly. Yeah, yeah that's not ideal. Um, so he, he, he stood up, but whether there's an argument that whether he was preserving his own... You know, there's, there's probably a bit of ego with Anderson. Oh, I think there's bit. a lot of ego <laughs> yeah. with Anderson. So, and, and, and a little bit of that has come up in the commentary across the the series about whether they were attacking enough and whether they're worried about giving up too many runs and not attacking. And mm. so it, it's hard to read into those stats too much, but I guess when every other bowler is going for, for runs where you have Stuart Broad at having a strike rate of 450 balls in a series, <laughs> Joe, well, that, that was, that was, that was his, that he went 450 balls without, without, getting, taking, a, a wicket, yeah. without yeah. taking a wicket. And then you take out what he got four for in, in Melbourne or the Melbourne, yeah, yeah, Melbourne. Yeah. yeah, he did, yeah. he did bowl quite he well. well, well there. So yeah, you yeah. take that out of the, the equation where he got four for, for nothing and he still averaged close to a hundred yeah. as a strike rate. So, yeah. um, um, look, I, I've, I've been a pretty vocal, uh, critic of James Anderson. I, I don't rate him as highly as, as I, you know, he's got a great, he's got a great overall record, but his record overseas is not very good. But I've got to give him credit. He was definitely the pick of their bowlers. And he bowled, he didn't bowl really well, but he bowled well considering what what the rest of the attack was doing. And, and if they'd had anybody who was backing him up in the slightest, it could have gone a little bit differently. Do you think, I was thinking today, do you think Ben Stokes would have made a difference on this Ashes? Well, given that, do you know a lot of talk about not having enough bowlers that bang it in, and he he probably would have been one of the more effective. And you had a look at who it was at um, Overton did did quite yeah, well. Who was a bang it yeah. in, yeah. bang it in short. He did he and did all right. He's so he's definitely their quickest bowler, and he's the sort of he's that X factor player that can change a game. Like he might have come in and bowled an incredible spell, or he might have come in when they were four or five for not much and scored a really quick hundred, you know, he might've made a difference. If we, uh, yeah, I think it's about, all, it's all we, hypothetical. We have so. this, we have Overton who came in and bowled quite well. And if he hadn't got injured, would have played the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it would have been interesting to see Overton blooded in Perth, mm. Stokes ready to go mm. for Melbourne, Sydney, whether they would have dropped broad and played Overton and Stokes and Jimmy Anderson. Cause at that stage, Broad was done. There was no... Mm. Yeah, and that's a really short tale too. So, irrespective of Moeen's 
problems that he's had this tour. If you have Bearstow, Moen Ali, Overton and Stokes. And Wokes as well. And Wokes. That's a tail that bats very long. Yeah. yeah. It's um, like Wokes at 10 probably. Yeah. Which is yeah. very strong. And I guess you look at the players because immediately you sort of think, well, who's who's going to go out for Stokes? Ali had a rubbish tour, so get rid of him. But then you've got no spinner. Yeah. So you immediately look at it and say, well, Jake Ball was allegedly the Stokes replacement. He was ordinary. Overton came in and he was exceptionally good um, on his debut and and was then injured and it was unfortunate that he couldn't play any further part. So you sort of look at it and go, well, yeah, actually Stokes may well have made a bit of a difference and I guess even in, in Sydney could have got rid of Ali and had Stokes come into that side for the batting and the bowling mm. and kept the pace battery that they had already. Well, given that we had Mason Crane coming in and we and Joe Root bowled overs. Yeah. So it's, oh, and Milan too. Yeah, David yeah. Milan yeah. as well. So Dufford. 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 So uh, it brings us to the, the... There were some positives to bring out of this in, in England tour. It, it was an awful, awful tour for them. But there were a few... They did blood some blood some people that that showed something, and I think Stoneman's shown enough that he's worth giving another tour or two to see how he goes. Vince, yeah. there's some question marks over, but mm. Overton and Crane looked, even though he's <laughs> 20, 20 years old, but look he, when he landed him, he looked really good and yeah. really and yeah. really exciting to see. A leg spinner playing that turned the ball big. Like yeah. I, I had a lot of fun watching him bowl, and I yeah. think it's the fact that he's twenty years old. I look forward to watching him when he yeah, plays. He's when only going to get but better, and he yeah. got Uzi with an absolute beauty. Shame that he overstepped. I don't yeah. know how a spinner <laughs> oversteps, but he did. But that's a it's a really good question to bring up that he was having a lot of conversation with the umpires as they walked off to the break after that, and. Is that, I don't know, I was listening to it on the radio. I didn't see it um, on the television. But, you know, do you worry a little bit that, and I, I can't recall if we've discussed this already, but that the consequence of calling the no ball versus not calling the no ball, and was Crane probably a little bit concerned that it's like, have, have I been close and possibly overstepping for a couple of overs now? And, and maybe that's... Not so much his problem as a symptom of where we're at with the game generally, that the umpires are reticent to call a no ball because the consequences of a batsman being dismissed and it turns out the bowler might have been a fraction behind the line, um, you know, I, I don't know. Like, he seemed very upset I th- about that. I think there's the certainly, certainly issues there and <laughs> was talked about, I, I think I was lis- listening to the radio at the time where they're like, in, pre- in years gone past, you would have been given a few warnings going, you're getting mm. a bit close and I'm not too sure I'm not going to call it, but mm-hmm. watch mm. it. Yeah. So maybe pull it back. Change your run up a but bit. Or- how many times do these guys need to know where the, where the line is? Mm. I mean, and to, to, yeah. to pretend like it's an issue for the, um, it's like, you know, the parameters, the parameters are there set out when you set, when you start playing the game. Mm. So you just think with spinners, most spinners you see, 
when they do look at a no ball for a review, they've got half a foot behind the line. Like yeah, the spinners yeah. don't push the line the yeah. same way that you're coming off pace bowlers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. He he does have a bit of an energetic run up, mm. uh, but and this, and clearly has some issues with his run up. Yeah, what, he, can he, someone <laughs> tell me what that was all about? Um, he like, just kept running in and not bowling. There was yeah, that, so there's, there was talk about it being a hot day and him sweating more than normal and it not coming out. Nobody, who's going to know? But he, he just he, he, he has some issues there. Runs yeah. in. I can't remember if it, if he keeps it in his left hand and then puts it in his right hand, or if he's got both hands on it. But I think it was sort of like he was getting to the crease, and it wasn't in his hand the way he wanted it to mm. be. But he'd kind of go through with his action, but not bowl it. You yeah, know, kind of stop up here. Yeah. So it would have been quite off-putting for the batsman, I imagine. Did, were either of you, and indeed any of our listeners, listening to some ABC commentary where Dirk Nannis made the point that <laughs> he once bowled a no ball, but it was a la Mason Crane where he held the ball in his hand, he got to, to, to the delivery stride, and he knew that he'd overstepped. He just went, you know what, something's not right and I've gone too far. And so he kept the ball... Continued with the follow through and didn't release, and the ump- it was in a twenty twenty where obviously every ball is critical, and the umpire has signaled a no ball, and Nanis has turned around and showed him the ball in his hand and said, "Mate, I didn't bowl it. Can you possibly reverse that?" And they all had a little bit of a chuckle, but maybe that's part of it, where he's just he's getting to that delivery stride, and it's his first Test match. Something doesn't feel right, but the fact that he did it. You know, several times and over for pretty much every over that he bowled. It's just, it's interesting because you have the bat, when the batsman does it because of the the side screen, the, you, you have a bit of a like, oh, it's, they've done it twice. Like, come on, get on with it. Mm. Yeah. it's You very rarely see it. The bowl, like bowlers occasionally go, oh, I don't feel right. Yep, stuck in the hand. And it seemed to get in his head, but still really exciting. Turn the ball big at times mm-hmm. and... Like, how good is it to have a leg spinner? Yeah, I hope they give him a, a good crack in the side. Uh, well, given know, that Ali's doing nothing, nothing with the ball yeah. and nothing with the bat, they surely can. Yeah. Do you do you drop Ali for the New Zealand tour coming up? Uh, I don't. I don't know what they're gonna do. It's, I don't know if he's still need a little way away, and he'll be playing one day, so maybe mm. he'll get some form in that. Whether whether you think that's justified or not, but they they seem they've been very reticent to change the team at all on this tour, despite mm. how how poorly they've performed. They might feel well. There is a trip a... to New Zealand where it's a lot more like home. Yeah, uh, mm. you know, I fully expect Anderson and Broad to be back with a bang in in New Zealand, <laughs> hooping the ball around. Broad's going to not only take his 400th wicket, he's going to take 500. <laughs> well, they're just going to have to deal with Southie and... Uh, and Bolt? Bolt. Yeah. Yeah. So... It's good. That's going to be an interesting series because... Two pretty well I think England. Teams. I think yeah. England won in New Zealand last time they went. And mm. that, was, that was in the era... You still had McCullum playing and yep. Bolt and Southie were... Top of their game, probably. Game, yeah. Yeah. So... It's going to be an interesting series with New Zealand probably in a little bit of transition as well. Mm. Um, yeah, a little bit. They've, they've still got the kind of core of that team together, I think, but the test team, there's a few. Certainly are, playing around with the opener position. Yeah. And yeah. Some of the all-rounder positions are not as set as they were. Southie and Bolt still 
Yeah, they've got Wagner and Bracewell, and yeah, uh, they've yeah they've got a they've got a pretty pretty good pace battery and a few yeah. decent all-rounders. So it could be the battle of battle of the swing come that tour. Yeah, yeah, that that New Zealand batting lineup looks a lot more vulnerable than it did, for instance, the last time they came to Australia. Mm. So yeah, it's going to be really interesting if the New Zealand bowlers can fire, which they didn't in Australia then it could be a really fascinating... I think it's only a two-test series. Is that right? Or three? I'm not sure. It's um, very short. I think yeah. they probably play, a, I think, They're seven tests over... It's probably a two-test. Yeah, yeah, I think probably. it is only two tests, which is a bit of a shame because it would be a really interesting prospect for this current England side to see how they'd go. And it is... It, it, you do get to that... We reflect on the tour, the, the series that's just been, and it's it's been a pretty ordinary series you think about some of the sides that have um that tour that you don't expect to p- perform that well but we had pakistan push australia a couple of times you know yep. yeah very three, close three test series yeah yep. um india come over for their four test series because they refuse to play longer series but also <laughs> you know p- pushing australia in 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 that series and then we we, we have the ashes that are have to be five Five test matches. I, I don't understand why we're not playing a minimum of three games for series. Like, it just doesn't... Yeah, two test yeah. series is a very strange because it, like, two tests, like, you can have a drawn series. And like, we're, we're, the, same, we're the same with New Zealand as well, where we play the Chapel Hadley and we play it... Yeah. But I it might be one, like, occasionally it's just, like, one random game <laughs> thrown yeah. in in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, like, we're, just, we're down at... A, small university oval in the back blocks of a remote it's not even the north or the south island it's like the third island of new zealand and we play one test and that was the series but i think part of it comes down to the fact that they lock these tours in you know five years in advance so far in advance yeah so four years ago the the I think ICC came out and said England and Australia, South Africa and Australia and Australia and India have to play each other once in one format or another once every year. Yeah. Yep. And it's silly because like who, who cares about playing South Africa in a 2020 because they're but they don't know how to win short form games. Mm. <laughs> well, that, that's it. That's it. Neither do Australia. <laughs> and surely, if everybody wants to play Australia, which they do, then we should get to choose, and we should get to dictate that. You know, it'd be great to play New Zealand in a four test series. Yeah, how good oh. would that be? Yeah. Like a, I'd love to see like a six test series. On both sides of the pond, you know, yeah, yeah. Right, both and, sides of the ditch, and we really miss that opportunity. You go back to that last World Cup where the Australia New Zealand games, obviously the co-hosting thing added to the tension and the drama, but those two sides were really evenly matched, and it was some really good quality cricket. And even at at Test level, yeah, you know, New Zealand played a magnificent series over here in Australia, and you just think if we weren't restricted to this long form calendar that's decided, you know, decades in advance. (laughs) It basically is. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And uh, like, I respect the ICC's position that it kind of has to be, but also the way that sides fluctuates with generations of talent, we almost miss this window to have a glorious, you know, six test by Tasman, you know, three New Zealand, three Australia, crunch series between two old enemies would have been beautiful 
and just it, it just we, we've got this this state of where we've supposedly got four sides that are competitive or five if you you know rotating Pakistan and Sri Lanka in and out of where wherever they're at we've got yeah, like four and four and a half to, yeah depending are, yeah. wherever we are and what they're doing it just it, we either need to cut it down and have like two levels of test sides and then occasionally you throw someone into play a second tier side which is kind of what they do anyway mm-hmm. but it's a shame that when australia are good and New Zealand are good that we have this two test series or, yeah. you know, you have Sri Lanka coming out and it, it, it just kind of ruins this flow and you kind of have these series that are thrown in the middle of nowhere that just kind of kills you a little bit. And you love watching cricket anyway and you want to know how everybody's going and I just, I don't, I need to look at it. It just, it just doesn't make sense for a rubbish England side to come over and chew up a hole. Yeah. When you've got like a, a great South African team that gets three tests. Yeah. I'd love to see a five but test series. Again. Exactly. And yeah. that it just doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense now that it it's only Australia. I know the history is there and I'm not saying get rid of the five, not saying make the ashes any shorter <laughs> then keep it. We need the five the, nil whitewash every, every yeah. Australian <laughs> summer. But make make these series, make make all series three test series because I think it it just needs to happen. Yeah, can can I just pick up on that and point out the absolute gumbies who have been crapping on about this whole dead rubber concept? There's no dead rubber in test cricket. Australia retain, well, they they reclaim the ashes after three tests. You have two tests remaining. That does not mean that those two tests are dead rubbers. In the context of the series, it means England can't get the trophy. However, no test match is a dead rubber. Well, when you're playing when you're playing twelve or fifteen yeah. in a year, it's somewhere between ten mm. and fifteen or yeah. ten and seventeen in any in a year. You want to win every test match because you're ranking. You want to be that. You want to be number one, and mm. if you get to number one, the way the rankings work, which are also a bit bollocks, take take a long time to reset. So you want to win every test match. Mm. Nobody mm. wants to go out there and lose. And tell that to Joe Root, who was oh, poopy yeah. town and yeah. still yeah. went yeah. out to try and bat for uh, like, two uh, hours. Like it, it's just phenomenal. Like you have, and I guess it's been a couple of weeks since we've been back on the air. But Alistair Cook scored. 244 not out. He carried his bat through an innings in what some people have classified as a dead rubber. And admittedly, that pitch was a batsman-friendly pitch. But to be out there for as long as he did and to score as many runs and to carry your bat, every other person in that side was dismissed except for him, Mm -hmm. which means that you have the ability to take 10 wickets on that pitch. And he remains not out. And Usman Khawaja comes out at the SCG with question marks over his ability to perform, and he scores 100. Sean Marsh scores 100. Mitch Marsh scores 100. Steve Smith doesn't quite score 100, but he still bats (laughs) really, really well. And Joe Root comes out not once, not twice, but thrice, battling severe illness and 
people have the gall to label that a dead rubber? Well, if you want to, if you want to play that game, then let's take Jimmy Anderson's superb record in conditions that suit him, and then you know actually split it up home and away. Like they don't seem to do that with bowlers as well. Mm. They seem to do that with batsmen a little mm. bit more. Yeah. Um, so it you can break. I mean, this is the nonsense thing about statistics is that they don't unless you look at them with the right eye and for the right purpose, they're, yep. they're kind of cooked. But yeah, yeah, but even then, so you take someone like Jimmy Anderson who toiled at the MCG and he toiled away in 57 degree heat at the SCG and he's bowling 140 Ks an hour, a guy who is 34 years of age in conditions that don't really suit him. He's a leader of the side in the fifth match of a series that at this point they're not going to win. The best they can hope for is a draw and he's sending down rockets at 140 k's an hour in 57 degree heat and he bowled for 35 to 40 overs I think at that point. Mm, something like that. And yeah, tell that guy it's a dead rubber. Yeah. Yeah. There's, it's, there's, there is no such thing. No. If you're yeah, if you're of that mentality, then you you're probably the same mentality that's like, oh, Test cricket doesn't have any place, and it should all be twenty twenty. It's it's sort of when I was a kid, I remember thinking like, you know, when Australia would win a series and there are a couple of Tests to go, and I was like, oh, why do they keep playing the Tests? I thought it was like, uh, you know, the NBA where they have a seven game final series, but one team wins 4-0 so they don't bother playing the rest of the three games yeah it's like what why do they why do they keep doing this i didn't understand the the, <laughs> the problem we've got is that you, let's rewind three years ago to when england had their other little mini collapse prior to the ashes and they toured west indies and they i think they drew a test and lost a, lost in the west indies against the mm. west indies side that was supposedly awful and it was the ashes 2.0 and english cricket is dead mm. like why can't you play it why can't you? west indies are good then like why why aren't england playing three tests against one of what have been the power one of the powerhouses in cricket and they've got a good side now and they can't capitalize on it and they're playing like bangladesh and who, who mm. wants to go and play they want to play the best sides in the world that's why Universal boss is playing <laughs> playing twenty twenty against the best players in the world. No, not not in the BBL. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know? It, it, so although it, I did see him, he was watching the Melbourne Derby game, and he did seem to be in the same box as Eddie Maguire. So I think uh, <laughs> Eddie, Eddie might be. Either, he's either going to sign them, sign him up for the stars. Or he's going to sign him up to play for Collingwood. <laughs> Eddie, lo- <laughs> Eddie loves calling controversy. So I think, you know, it's, it's just the fixturing is a mess, but it's never going to change. Yeah. So can we, is that, is that a takeaway if we're trying to wrap up the test series? Fixturing's a mess. England's a mess. Overton's pretty good. Mason Crane's got some potential. Milan's good. Stoneman's kind of good. Vince is good till he tries to play a cover drive. <laughs> <laughs> and... So I think luck. out of England, there, there were some definite positives to take out of the English tour in what is 
hard for them to come and do, come and play five tests. Mm. Nobody else in cricket has to do it, which is why you can't mm. compare it to anything else because mm. nobody else has to do it. Like we don't, nobody else has to go and play five tests in England and nobody else has to come and play five tests in Australia. So yeah. it's a long tour and yeah, it, it grills the best of them. But there were, I just love the leggy. I just can't wait for the, <laughs> it's a 29, it's a 2019 are we Two and a half years away from the next stashes. Yeah, yeah I think it's 2019. 2019 yeah. Next one, yeah. Oh, no, it's 18 months. 18 months. 18 months, yeah. 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 We're in 2018 now. So, can't wait to see what, what Crane's going to do at Lords. Oh, he's going to be ripping them. Yeah. Is he ever? Can I, can't can't I, wait till the ripping goat. Ripping them down the slope yeah, at Lords. The goat, the goat going up against the Crane. The Ooh. goat in the Crane. The, the battle of the. Not got nothing. The battle of the. <laughs> zoological animals <laughs> I just want to give a very in the interest of Gary Balance a very <laughs> brief tip of the hat to our old mate Johnny Bairstow because he has had a really rough time down here and you talk about playing a five test series in Australia and uh, I think Mike and I have both read Kevin Peterson's book, which <laughs> it took about 15 minutes to read cover to cover. It's a good read. You should check it out. If oh, that's great. Like if you've got to spare 30 minutes on a bus ride, you, you, it'll do you great. But he talks about the intense pressure when you come to Australia and particularly for someone like Peterson who became a pantomime villain. And Johnny Bairstow was the pantomime villain this tour. He had a lot of public pressure and he, he scored a century. He had a number of starts but he's kept very well. He has not batted too badly in context. And so I say he made a couple of starts. He's not done that much worse than a lot of the other English batsmen. He scored a very crucial ton, albeit that the match ended up going the wrong way. Uh, so full credit to, to Bairstow in that mix of English players who have done okay. So interestingly, I looked into the stats, Bairstow versus <laughs> Ali when the switch came about, when they were talking Ooh. about Bairstow being a much better batsman than Ali. Ooh, here the we difference go. in averages at the time of the switch was 0. 0.75. 0.75. Yeah. That's close. So, and he did score the century on the flat wicket. So we're doing that thing where we're cooking, cooking averages a little bit. You take that out of it. You take that test match out of it, eight runs difference across the series. Between Bairstow and Ali. Bairstow and Ali. So, Maybe not so, I don't good. know if he's as good as everybody thinks he is. Like, I think there was, there was a feeling that he was throwing the bat around a bit, but he came out today having to try and save a test match and scored the same amount of runs. So... What did he face today, though? Was it 120 balls? Yeah, but it, he, d- he still didn't do it. He, he, he still didn't do any better, like... If he'd, scored 30, if he'd scored 30 off 200 balls, then maybe whatever. But he was still throwing the bat a little bit. Um, I'm so trying to, why do I keep trying to bring Gary Balance, balance to this yeah. podcast? <laughs> like, every time I bring it, I look like an asshole. <laughs> so I think there's a little bit of, a, a, a bit of hype about Bairstow. He probably shouldn't have. The problem isn't Bairstow. I'm not suggesting that mm. Ali had a terrible series, but I'm just suggesting that. Bairstow is not as good as what everybody's... To have him at five is probably a bit bit of a stretch. Yeah. And the, if you have him coming in at seven or six and Ali at 
seven or eight. It's probably it's good about they're missing they're missing they're Ben missing Stokes. Gary Balance. <laughs> they're, they're missing Balance. <laughs> They're missing. Much like this podcast, <laughs> they really, really uh, miss. They really miss Stokes. Stokes gave them so much more balance. Gives them so much more balance in that side, and it's a shame that he's gone it, it, for for that for that series. And doesn't look like it's going to get any better because no. I don't think it's resolved itself. Has been removed from the one day side, and we've got a g- got some gastroenteritis. In <laughs> what do you think about that, Reed? <laughs> Uh, Reese is retired. Retired. Retired eel. <laughs> so, I guess that's the. It's it's hard to not continue to drill down into England's performance, given that it was so bad. But what else are we meant to do? Yeah. Well, we could talk about the the one day is coming up, of which we are going to see <laughs> one of them live at the the cray pot, as I believe all the locals are calling it. Is it? I mean, it's funny to look forward to England playing in a one day series because traditionally, typically, England are a better long form side than they are a short form side. Yeah, so they've is there always anything, been a horrible one day team. Is there anything to look forward to with? I don't even know what the one day setup is. Uh, it's it's quite different. Um, they've been very very good. Uh, they've been good uh, since the horror show that was the last cricket World Cup. Um, Again, no Stokes, which would seem to be <laughs> for no reason other than they just didn't select him at that time. Uh, they had no reason. And I, I would like to uh, paraphrase. Uh, Brad Haddon in this where I think someone su- suggested to him oh England have been re- they're probably the best one day team in the world and he said something like well yeah that's all well and good but where where, where was that at the World Cup you know <laughs> like it's all well and good being the best one day team in the world between World Cups so w- w- when are they supposed to be the best one day side in the world now uh, I, I'm not sure but they have been very very good it's um, the same as South Africa kind of have a little bit of yeah, well, they've based so Broad and Anderson don't play for the ODI team anymore. So Cook like, doesn't play. Yeah, Cook doesn't play. Uh, Owen Morgan's the captain, but I think Root still plays. Um, they've got a few pe- few blokes who've been playing in the Big Bash. Um, Jason Roy and Sam Billings, Alex Hales, I believe, is available to play uh, because he was never charged for anything in Bristol. <laughs> um, so yeah I think Reese is mouthing Milan at me I was mouthing Butler oh Butler, Butler. oh Just oh, Butler yeah, Just of Butler. course who could forget Just Butler you don't have to you can get back in the room <laughs> you don't, you, we don't you? have to announce your, <laughs> your return yeah we did alright oh, I was trying to exit discreetly um, <laughs> but well it was a lot like a lot like Joe Root just not coming back after lunch. Yeah, and everyone's like, a little oh, Joe, Joe Root's at the other end. No, actually, it's a bit too tall to be Root. It's Curran. Oh, Reese, what a heroic return to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got, we've got a, is it a five-game series? It is yeah, a five-game series. Five ODIs, and then there's a hell of a lot of T20s because New Zealand are getting involved, and I think oh. it's like a trans-Tasman 
So oh, are the T20s the, the warm-up for the New no, Zealand? No, so the ODIs start <laughs> next week. Next have we, have we no, are the, are, the, are the T20s the warm-up for the oh, English test? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It'll be interesting out? to see if Root plays any of the one-dayers in it. Yeah. I, I, would be, oh, yeah. I, I would think that he'd miss the first couple. Uh, yeah, you'd suggest... You, why wouldn't you? Like, if he's yeah. if he's been down with a stomach bug for the last couple of days and and battered today, surely you'd rest him for one just to let him have it. When's like, when's the first ODI? Next Sunday. Yeah, well, he might be. As in, I mean, he'll be fine. Four, I think well, this six Sunday. days t- six yeah. days time. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. no, nah, let him have it. Let him have a break. It'd be interesting to see if they just go like fly him home, like just go go home, have the two first ones off and go home for two weeks and then come back yeah because he's going to be over here for a very long time i think uh, i don't want to be an england apologist but i think they tour for longer than any other team on the on the test cricket circuit like they're away for something like 330 days a year or something like that it's ridiculous I'm going to need to... That can't let's, be right. Let's no, tweet it. I'm right. going to tweet at Rick Finlay during the week. That cannot be right. Because they have it's a home summer. Yeah. So, yeah and their home summer is longer than a month. It's some, It's an outrageous... Summer. <laughs> 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 no, I mean like the summer of cricket, not the actual <laughs> summer weather. Let's let's fact check that. Um, but it's they're away for a very long time. That if might I, be the like, end of... Like even... They could be away from you know, September to like, I could see if you said 200 days, I'd be like, yeah, well, sure. actually, actually now that the more I think about it, who else plays is, is the West Indies technically in the Northern hemisphere? Where are they relative to the equator? Yeah, I think they're in the Northern hemisphere. They are marginally North of equator. Yeah, you probably could play so. cricket in the West Indies all year round. Probably. Cause they're that close to the equator. Same as probably you could probably do the same in most parts of India. Yeah, I suppose India is probably like a like it, India would I suspect be a a seasonal thing because North and South do have very different seasons. Yeah. So maybe England do get a bit of a rough draw because yeah, they're about the only <laughs> ones who are that far north. Also, England sucks, and they get to go to all of these. Be- they're, the, they're the one place that gets to go to places yeah. that are more interesting than their own home yeah. country. Yeah. You've got to go away <laughs> like, from England. So, yeah. you know. so maybe they've worked it worked it to yeah. their favour. Yeah. Don't have a whinge, mate. You get to not be in England for three hundred days a year. Yeah. Oh, actually, that's great. Yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Root doesn't, especially going into having a tour in New Zealand as well that he doesn't play even at all. I think he, I think he'll want to play. Uh, It'll be interesting if well, they're like, if they're two nil up to two, two one day is in, whether he comes back to, to play in the rest of it to get a series win. Yeah. I'm not sure. I don't know if he's like, is he vice captain at all? Well, he didn't want to come out to bat this afternoon, did he? So, <laughs> you know, was that too mean? Maybe. <laughs> Uh, poor old Rudy. Poor old Rudy. He's all right. I don't mind Joe Rudy. Yeah, he's Rudy. Right. Yeah, he's harmless. Yeah, he's, yeah that's what we love. He's harmless. No, give a little fella a 50. <laughs> Let him have a 50. He's trying real hard. He um, won't convert it. It's fine. So I was uh, <laughs> a little bit dehydrated slash asleep slash 
crapping myself earlier. Um, <laughs> Do we talk about the the ODI squad for Australia in my brief intermission? Uh, no, no, we were just talking about the England squad. So oh, well, who cares about them? I don't even know who half those the guys are. The Australian squad. Oh, tell um, you what, what more does Glenn Maxwell have to do? Well, he tell might, me, Michael, what he, more does he have to do? He, might, <laughs> he may he not have do. to do anything because Chris Lynn has done what Chris Lynn does and injured himself. So Thank he's God not, for that. He's not going to be in the squad. Because that was Lynn's sanity. <laughs> Every time you pick Chris Lynn in a, in a format that is not T20, it's Lynn's sanity. Yeah, especially considering he just... He'd played like two T20s back from shoulder surgery. Yeah. He'd just done his hammy. Now he's done a calf, I think, that's going to keep him out for a month. How so old... How old Chris Lynn's, what, 27? Uh, yeah, mid-20s, mid to late-20s, I think. He's not, he's not old. He's not played a lot of cricket, really. I don't think he's played too much first class cricket he's just quite an injury prone yeah guy. i mean what's so we've there is also the fact that brisbane heat have signed him up for like 35 years on a, <laughs> on a ridiculous contract right <laughs> maybe I, I don't know whether it's just like let's get lynn because there's a certain number of central contracts they could award yeah i think i think he's got one i think yeah so one. And the way they work that out is based on how many number of games you're going to play. And I think having Maxwell, Lynn, and Finch probably confuses things a little bit because they probably all qualify for a a central contract if you pick the best available side for each of those formats because Finch qualifies for both one-dayers and And T20s. Yeah. Yeah. Lynn qualifies for all the T20s and you got Maxwell who probably qualifies for all the T20s as well, which probably gives them enough points to qualify. And especially if you throw in the fact that Maxwell play, is playing one day as, as well. Yeah, so, and probably isn't too far away from the test team as well. Yeah. Potentially. So, so you've got this weird thing where you've got a, a certain amount of money that Cricket Australia have to throw around for central contracts, which are worth about half a million dollars each. And you might not even play a game, but Mm. the way the player agreement was set up is that you get a certain number of points per format. And if you play, then you you have to be given a contract. It's not like we think we're going to play you all the time. You deserve a contract. And then there's also the fact that you give players contracts to, like Mitch Marshall get one now to stop him going to, IPL now that he's performed well and so well, you got there's a reward he, system and he did go he did play county well no well, he, he already he got, signed on to play county for for next season yeah and he he hasn't got a I don't think he's got a central contract yeah at the moment mm-hmm. but you think okay. given that he'll, he's played three tests yeah will probably play some one dayers he, he'll end up having to have one yeah um, but he is he neglected to go to the IPL auction and wanted to play. County for the upcoming Ashes, I think he's going yeah. like I'm going to do the right thing and yeah, yeah, do that. So and, and then he scored 180, and then yeah, just went and then there. 101, yeah. got 100 and a cuddle. Oh, gee, yeah. that was a, that was a peach to get him out too. Full credit oh, to yeah. Tom Curran. That, that was, was a good. Play. That was a great delivery. So we've got that. There is this. There's a lot of everybody going like uh. Uh, Maxwell deserves a contract, or, but th- there is obviously some financial things that. Well, that I, just, I think they just want to get Chris Lynn in that team. He's one of those players that they just love. Uh, uh, why, Michael? Why? Well, he look. He is the next Glenn Maxwell. 
<laughs> Glenn Maxwell for so long. Uh, all three of us, I'm sure, have been tearing our hair out. Like, why is this bloke getting picked? Like, he plays, he, you know, he scores quick runs sometimes, but most of the time he plays and a I, reverse sweep and hits it straight down the field. With throat, I think the know? thing is you can't... There have been so many batsmen that have played good summers <laughs> that, that that haven't got that haven't been rewarded, and you can't reward what was it two good innings in the Sheffield Shield and a horror start to it as well. Like, I think he he, he came he came good at the end, <laughs> but he was awful at the start. So yeah, I, I just yeah, Chris Lynn could be great, but he just he needs to play some other forms of cricket. Yeah, not just T20. You can't like T20 is so different to one dayers. One like, I, they're both shorter forms of the game, but 50 overs is a lot longer than 20 overs. You can't just go hard. And scoring and indeed, it's 30 whole, more overs. Exactly. <laughs> the stats guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've uh, just uh, nice try, Reece, Brendan. Reese Finlay has just passed us some stats <laughs> from the. Uh, did you guys know that a T20 is actually 30 overs <laughs> less in innings than a one day? Yeah, but what like oh, what more does Maxwell have to do like that? He has to play a a couple of consistent (laughs) summers and not score two innings and have, like, everybody up in arms. Chris Lynn hasn't done that. (laughs) Chris Lynn's been out of the game for... Yeah, yeah, but try the nothing. He's done nothing. He's done nothing when he was (laughs) on the outside. Oh, jeez. I feel like that was... That's Reese's... Tommy Wiseau, mate. You've done nothing. Chris you've done nothing. You've done nothing. This podcast works so well because we're always so well aligned. And, oh, but Chris Lynn, like, he played a couple of ODIs and he was shit. Yeah, he wasn't good. He wasn't good. He was shit. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the thing is... So That's they, it. Well, we've got the same with Finch, though. Like, Finch will either oh, score 100 hey, off, like, hey. 60 balls or get out first ball. Yeah. Like, at least he scored Let's 100. not pretend like there's really any logic in yeah, picking look, this. Finch, Finch I, I've had a problem with because I feel like he makes Davey Warner curb his attacking instincts. Like, Warner's down the other end looking at Finch just trying to smash sixes off every ball. And he's like, ooh... I've got to be the uh, the conservative guy in this, in this <laughs> and that's not good for Davy Warner. But when they when I think you can get away with that with an opener, like hmm. if they get out cheaply, whatever. If they score you a hundred off fifty balls, so in I, power I, play. Great. I also think that we've got this. Finch is probably also on the way out. Like I think his age and stuff is probably necessitating some because he'd be he'd be close to 30 as well and probably i i imagine that finch is going to fall off pretty quickly because he doesn't yeah crash and bash player like yeah that, i think happen. i think once he hits bad form like one bad series and then i think he'll be done yeah so i think there might be a little bit of like oh let's get lin in as a replacement for finch there might be some if, if that was his role if he was opening Perfect. Yeah. And, and, Max, and, and surely Maxwell's ambitions aren't to be selected in the one-day squad. Like that, that yeah. has got to come down to it. Like I, don't, right. I don't think that he really cares about playing one-dayers at the moment. I think he's short up until the next World Cup, which will be... Yeah, I was just about to ask year, that question. I think Can it's we? next year. Next year. Uh, one-day World Cup. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I was, was just about to ask that. So it feels I, like the last one was only last week, but... 
I think there will be a little right? bit of that. Like, let's test out our squad. Australia tend to not really care about performing that much in the in the interim between World Cups, and they yeah. get their best squad together. It's all about looking at other. Like that's with the bowlers for Australia. They've picked Stark, Hazelwood, and Cummings. Cummins, which who will be the bowlers? Like that's not going to change. And then they're looking at. Richardson and Ty this yeah. time to see how they go, go yeah. to see who's going to be that fourth bowler come World Cup. So there is a yeah. there is a long view with mm. Australia come World Cup, which other countries don't seem to do, and that's why we win more than everybody else. So mm. Mm. It, the thing works. I don't think that Maxwell's ambitions are to play the one-day series against England. I think he wants to get into the test side, um, come come the the World Cup squad, I'm sure he'll be in the World Cup Cup squad. It'd be mental for him not to be in that squad. Mm-hmm. But I think he's got good form in the Shield, so why, do you know, just let him keep bashing out runs and in yeah. that and give him a reason to not pick him in the in the test side because I think that's where he's, he wants to be. Mm-hmm. So, so everybody can fucking calm down. <laughs> The big show will be back, <laughs> and he's a bit rubbish anyway. So I, 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 never thought, I never thought I'd see the day I'd be back in England, Maxwell. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy! Yeah. The other the other problem for him, I think, is Travis Head has come in, and he's the he's a more reliable batsman mm. and as good an off spinner, yeah, <laughs> if not a better, as averagely boring off spinner. <laughs> yeah, he's all right. There, there was a time when. Head and Maxwell were both in the same ODI team mm. and they didn't bowl Maxwell at all. They just bowled Head. Yeah. So I think they rate his bowling a bit more. So, yeah, it'll just be interesting to see who gets the call up, whether it's Maxwell or Hanscom or I can't really think of too many others. I'm sure there's a few that why not give it to bloody Cameron White or uh, Darcy oh, Short like, or someone no. that's... <laughs> Cameron White, there is a, Cameron White is a, that is a discussion that we just, we, d- we don't have time on this podcast to go into how good he is and how many chances he should have had and oh. how, how, how uh, supportive his supporters are. Yeah, let's <laughs> And what, to what, and I just think, you know, Cameron White was the next Shane Warne before Steve Smith was the next Shane yeah. Warne. So Cameron White could have been the next Bradman before Steve <laughs> <laughs> Well, and it was, it was, it's always that Cameron White was the prototype for Steve Smith because he bowled rank leggies yeah. and turned himself into a batsman and then Steve Smith came in and bowled slightly less rank leggies and then became the second best batsman in history. Yeah. Oh, Cameron White, what a, what a missed opportunity. <laughs> Uh, so I think I think we're pretty pretty good. We've, we do have a couple of games going on right now. We've got a really interesting contest going on between India and South Africa, which looks Ooh, like yeah. a dead wicket. But India three down, about fifteen overs into the game, chasing two hundred. Yeah, that um, is that's that's close, and that it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out because it's been I don't know whether Australia are playing a test in Newlands or not, but it's been a very low-scoring game. Uh, it's going to just... It's going to be interesting, really. Um, that South Africa first innings was, you know, it was sub-300. You had Duplessis and uh, De Villiers as the major run scorers. Uh, Rabada continues on his 2017 form. 
So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this series plays out. Um, obviously, with Australia there in March. March? Yeah. I'd say about March, right. yeah. Yep. And we have Scorchers versus the Renegades struggling. So, Scorchers struggling or where are we at? Can we get some live scores on the phone? Yeah, they are one for 40. One for 40. Oh, 6.1. Oh, Maxi, Maxi got out for a first ball duck. Ooh. But Willie and Cartwright are going along okay. Yeah, that's no. a big that's a big title for the <clears throat> Scorchers to chase down. Yeah. yeah. So we have a we have an interesting we're we're in this sort of a lot of people in the big bash making a lot of big calls saying people are out. We have the sixes not hitting many sixes. The Owen not sixes. Many <laughs> <laughs> and also Renegade's not doing too well either. Oh um, they're they're equal top, mate. Are they? But there's like four teams equal yeah. top. So I think there's like four teams doing well. Two teams who haven't won and two teams who aren't doing very well. So we're in this mid-season, as much as you can call it a mid-season <laughs> lull in the Big Bash because it's here and it's gone. But we're in this. Let's watch this space for the next couple of weeks, I feel, with the, with the Big Bash. Yeah, BBL and WBBL, both kind of anyone's game at this point. WBBL, Thunder, Sixers, Heat, Scorchers are all there and thereabouts. I feel I, I almost feel like I like I like watching Big Bash, but I think I've seen the latter twice. Yeah. For both for both the WBBL and the BBL. It's almost irrelevant until it gets the to uh finals time. Yeah, like yeah. the last few games where Yeah, because yeah, it can change so much. Yeah. yeah. So watch this space. Hope you've enjoyed listening. We've hope we've given you some good stats from the stats man. Reese is the stat man. I, I didn't give any. Yeah, you stats. got. You gave no Brandon, stats. You gave all the yeah, stats. I'm, I'm the stat man. I had um, stats. <laughs> give stat <us> man scoop. <laughs> <laughs> um, Please give us a like on Facebook. We're up on iTunes. Give us a review on there. Also on all other podcatchers, as far as I'm aware. Um, yeah, like and a, a rating and a share would be brilliant. We're also up on Twitter. Do you, you have the... Oh, yeah, we're on Twitter. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to throw to Mike to give his sign off, and then I'll give my sign off? Okay. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, give us give us a give us a like and a rate where you can. I've been Brendan Cummins. I hope you've enjoyed this edition of Silly Point. Oh boy, boy. Uh, see you guys. I'll see you on twitter.com forward slash Silly Point Poddy. Because Silly Point Podcast is too long for Twitter. That's at Silly Point Poddy. <laughs> P-O-D-D-Y. P-O-D-D-Y. There you have it. See you later.